Shakira featuring freshly ground Waka Waka. It is Jet Set Breakfast, 26 minutes after 7. And of course, uh, engaging and making sure uh, you are also part of the conversation and our lines are readily open. Uh, if you'd like to make a comment or maybe you want to share something um, as we engage, that's 86 And also our WhatsApp line, of, you can leave a voice note on 0614 107. Or you can share whatever it is that is on your mind on our Twitter handle, that's uh, SAFM Radio. Uh, coming up next, a new lens for viewing our cities. So in a nutshell, more than 56% of the world's population currently lives in cities, according to the World Bank, uh, with this trend expected to continue. In fact, the World Bank estimates that 2025, Almost seven out of every 10 people will live in cities in South Africa. Now, this percentage is even higher, with 68% of the country's population currently living in urban areas. So the big question is, what are the sustainable ways of dealing with this dynamic? And what are the effects of this particular congestion and then what happens to those areas that we leave vacant in the near future it's a big question and uh, we can only have dialogue we can only have a conversation and try and figure out what we are making of our environment and our guest this morning to share with us i've got uh, philip dutoy project architect at bpas architects just to to uncode what this all means. Good morning, Philip. Um, good morning, Gerta. How's it going? I'm very, very well. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Jet Set Breakfast. It's a now, pleasure. Now, urbanization has become the thing. And we yes. are flocking. We're all flocking uh, into the cities. And what does it mean, basically, for the cities? Well, the, the short answer is that we are running a bit out of space. And even though there might be physical space, it's also about infrastructure that needs to be extended and costs involved. So, um, yeah, we definitely need to look at the city in a new way to see how we can actually solve this. Mm. But what what is it? Because if you look at, especially in South Africa, we, we were living in a, in a you know, in a country where we were all nicely spread out. And all of a sudden we are leaving what was already developed in the outskirts to, you know, to congest into the city center. Is there no possibility of still trying to encourage individuals or, you know, citizens to say, let's just go back to the way we used to be, where we were nicely well spread out? <laughs> uh, to a certain extent. And um, that, that's why um, I also thought a lot about it and um, realized we have to start to reuse what we have. Um, like you say, those outskirts, and, and especially suburbia, because um, obviously a lot of people stay there. And uh, we need to look at new ways to actually see how we can use the existing to, um, to increase the density without losing that character of suburbia and communities. Mm. And um, I was just going through some of your work, and there is a terminology that you used. And <laughs> I, I want to pronounce it. If I pronounce it wrong, <laughs> don't shoot me. Don't shoot okay, me. Sure. It, it, um, it's called what? Uh, Palimpsest. Yes, there we go. Yeah. It is It is a very odd word. Mm -hmm. um, it actually refers to an ancient way where they reused um, the, the old scrolls that they wrote on. And because it was expensive, they, they rubbed off the old writings 
and then rewrite new stuff on it. But that meant that some of the old stuff remained. Okay. So tell me, how does it work? Because now we need to find a solution, you know, for, for this urbanization. And basically, um, when I looked at, at, at some of the, of the issues, it made me realize you're talking about reusing what already is existing rather than bringing down the old buildings. Basically, we're revamping or reutilizing these buildings. Explain yes. to me how, that's, how that works. So it works on different scales. Um, for example, with a big building, um, especially after COVID, it, it works well to, to repurpose it in, with, with the needs that are required now. Um, for example, a lot of people aren't uh, using as much offices nowadays, so it's a good idea to actually so I got that building and then um, repurposed it as apartments or, or even a hotel or, or whatever that specific one then requires. On a smaller scale, I'm looking at the suburbia again, the idea is not to necessarily, um, whether it's a housing need, flatten 10 houses and build apartment blocks, um, although there is a place for that, but, but the idea is actually to, to rather use the individual houses and add another layer, like the column says, to add another layer either on top of it or in between, and, and then we create more housing opportunities on a smaller scale. Mm. And tell me, how did this come about? How did you think about this? It's actually a, a, a kind of a long-term process. Um, the, the first thought of this came during my thesis, where instead of doing a new building, uh, which, which most architecture students do, I actually decided, now I'm rather going to see in the city centers um, what's, what's the need and what do we actually do with all the empty buildings that we've got. Um, and that, that's where the theory started. And then um, also discovered a, a UK uh, photographic artist that actually um, does it with photos as well. He layers a lot of um, photos from, from movies on top of each other to create interesting abstract artworks. And when I thought a bit further about this, I realized, no, wait a minute, we can actually apply it to South African suburban cities where we start to layer housing and, and create new opportunities. Mm. And um, in downtown, I remember there was a project that was implemented some couple of years ago where mm. they decided, you know, all those buildings in uh, downtown Johannesburg, um, they, they, you know, they tried to make them accommodation. I, I've actually, vi I visited one uh, where mm. someone was staying and it was a beautiful penthouse. How, how has that, um, you know, has that progressed? Because it seems like everybody's just gone quiet about it, about, you know, re utilizing those old buildings in, in, in central Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's still something that happens. Um, in, in my research, I've realized it's something that um, you don't necessarily read a lot about, um, especially in the architecture community. Um, there's obviously a lot of new buildings that everybody talks about. But um, if, if you dig deeper, there, there are a few examples um, of that. Um, a very strange example, for example, in Cape Town is where they actually repurposed the silos as a new museum, um, it's now a, a quite quite a successful art museum. So, so it does happen throughout South Africa and throughout the world. Mm. I, do you have any buildings that you're working on at the moment? Maybe as an example. Uh, not at the moment. Um, as as most architects, uh, we always have drawings of our own house <laughs> that we we think um, uh, would would be good to do someday if, if budget allows. But other than that, we don't have an actual project with it. Mm. And what do you intend to do? Do you intend to do low-cost housing or, or should I say maybe low-cost accommodation or are we talking, you know, high luxury lifestyle here? 
it, it depends on the area. Um, what is nice about this, it does, um, you, you can really link it to the area. So in a, in a mid-income area, you can easily um, fit it within that context um, or then either luxury or low cost, depending on the need. What, what is nice about it is because you are slightly reducing the, the, the scale of the property or, or actually of the housing, you are opening it up um, the opportunity for more people to live in that area, but not to a certain extent that it's um, there's kind of an, an odd situation, if you can call it that. Um, it's still within the market, but just a, a slightly lower bracket. So uh, you create more opportunities for people to, to move into the areas where they actually want to, where they maybe might just not be able to afford it. Now there's a, a slightly cheaper version for them to move in. Mm. Um, is this something that has been tried and tested elsewhere? Maybe it could be, you know, overseas. It could be in Europe. Yes. Um, the, the best example is actually in California where the architect Jonathan Siegel, um, he, he proposed that, that people develop properties of, uh, well, single residential properties uh, between two and four units on each um, and basically become small developers to a certain extent. And, and he's been quite successful with that and inspiring other people doing that. And then I've also discovered here and there pockets or, or properties that, that stand out. The, the closest South African example is actually a typical granny flat that people might build for students or an, an aging parent maybe. Um, but, but the idea here is actually to think just slightly bigger than that, not as big as a typical developer, but instead of just building a flat, maybe building a two-bedroom small unit um, where, where another family can live. Mm. I've got a a, a, um, a WhatsApp that just came through from Cat, uh, uh, and uh, the statement says, city light pollution is so bright, disrupts nocturnal organisms, and people are unable to get proper sleep. It's just too bright. Circadian mm. rhythm issues lead to mental health issues. And what's your view on that? That's definitely true. Um, we talk about a lot about pollution, and everybody usually thinks about air pollution and, and water pollution, even and things like that. But the light pollution is definitely a thing. It's it's more sort of in in other countries um, like, like Europe and, and the US. But definitely with the correct design, and that's obviously where us as architects come in. If you design the building and the right specifications of lighting and so forth then you can actually reduce that pollution without losing any function. Mm. And what about, you know, for instance, you know, in residential areas, you also need, you know, especially if you're going to build accommodation uh, that is for young families where then, uh, you know, children need areas where, mm. you know, they need to play and just be. How mm. then will that be incorporated? Because, I mean, if you look especially at commercial buildings, there's, mm. no, there's really no space. For, exactly. For, yeah. Exactly. That, that's where the, the the best use of an architect actually comes in because we can then design it in such a way that, that each unit still has its own private outdoor space. Um, and then together with that is also looking at a suburban area and saying, okay, even though we can technically actually do this with, with all the properties, the, the base properties would be, for example, the ones around parks or the ones close to school and make that the first ones to actually in increase the density over there because that's where the need is and people can then use those public spaces better.
That's quite interesting. I think, you know, just looking, especially f at uh, Johannesburg Central, um, if it were to be really revamped and we take it very seriously, it could be quite an exciting space. And it's it's just quite interesting that sometimes I think when we don't have the vision, you have the vision and you can see where you're going. And in my head, I'm trying to envision the whole of Johannesburg right now <laughs> as, as, as accommodation. And, and it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, a mind disturbance. But I suppose, you know, uh, once it's done, then it will all just make sense. Yes, that, that's the idea. And it's something that will happen incrementally, um, which is also actually nice, something that will slowly start to grow almost out of the existing buildings. That's quite interesting. I would just like to see it, uh, you know, when it's all done and it's existing. <laughs> Philip, thank you so much for joining us right here on Jet Set Breakfast. Uh, That's Philip Detroit, uh, project architect and um, at uh, BPAS Architect. And just before I let you go, where can we find more information? If someone would like to get in touch with you, where do we go? Yes, the best way is to go to our website, um, bpas.co.za. Um, all our contact details are there. We are based in Cape Town, but we work throughout the whole country. So, um, yeah, we are we are always ready to take on any project anyway. Thank you so much for joining us. Have yourself a great Saturday morning. Great. Thanks. You too. And bye for now. Let's take a small break and we will be back. Still to come on the show, a new lens for viewing, uh, you know, the way, new ways to look at our oceans and uh, environmentally. Do we really understand the impact of neglecting uh, the ecosystem and tempering with the ecosystem? That's all coming up a little bit later on in the show.